Welcome to Quick Shots. Quick Shots. Oh, hey, welcome to Quick Shots. And I welcome a newfound man. No, it's James, but he is a new dad. He is now officially a dad. Welcome back. Yeah, adjusting, adjusting to this new life. You look like you look fresh. Um, you don't look any different. I didn't know if you'd maybe sort of had a, a, a come to Jesus moment where you're like, oh, my God, I've made an, an, uh, an animal. <laughs> I've made a human being. It's a type of animal. I sometimes you call know? him an animal. <laughs> yeah, I can guess when those times might occur as well. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, welcome back. And uh, we've had, a, and, and also, we've had a lot of awesome listeners reach out, haven't we? And, and we have. wished you luck. We never even heard of some of these people and uh, they haven't asked us any questions. <laughs> they just said, we feel like we know you. And um, uh, it's been great. Congrats. It's been, it's been great. Been hey, awesome. uh, I, th- I think we'll probably only have time this week to cover one topic, which is mm. the massive news hot off the press that Porter Davis, 12th biggest builder in Australia, has gone broke. Yeah. Um, sucky, sucky news for a lot of oh. Australians. Probably the biggest builder to go broke in the more recent sort of um, phase of builders going broke that there's been, you know, your condevs, your, your pro builds, your priviums that might be bigger in terms of volume, but they're often dealing with developers, whereas literally mm. 1,700 mum and dads uh, with homes under construction by Porter Davis, another 800 who've signed a contract and paid a deposit so it just affects a lot of individual households. And, and look, our hearts obviously go out to those people. It would be very stressful. We thought we'd cover in this app uh, some of the questions around a builder going broke, didn't we? Absolutely. And we've talked about it before, especially in the last 18 months, because it's been a hot topic. You know, Metricon, they were many, many times sort of defending themselves in the public, if if you will, and they're, they're still hanging around and, and holding on. So we haven't heard much about them. But yeah, it is a relevant topic, cousin. And again, like I really feel for all those, as I would call them, you would call them mum and dads that are trying to build build their dream homes, first home buyers build their dream homes, um, and a lot of them are in Melbourne. So um, very, very sad. And so, I guess so that, I was going to say, so one of the questions that we did well, get. Well, we're getting asked a lot. And we, I'll, I'll give you this first one. Uh, oh. Naturally, one of the first questions is, is there anything you can do to avoid uh, using a builder that might go broke. Yeah. I'll let you but answer I, that one. I have thought about this question. I've mulled it over. And, you know, from a business standpoint, I guess we always look to use builders that have solid balance sheets. They're not overcommitted. They, I love the guys who say to us, no, we only build 200 a year. You know, they know their limits. Obviously, from a first home buyer or a consumer perspective, it's very difficult. You know, how are you going to ask a, a guy in a display office, you know, how's the balance sheet of, of so-and-so? Um, not that easy. I think I've brought it down to the, the fact that you just can't really know if they're going to go broke or not, which is the question. What I would do to perhaps minimise it is I would stick away from the top 10 builders and maybe that's controversial, but I would stick away from the volume guys. I mean, your, some of your, your Metricons, your Simmons and your Porter Davis, you know, they'll do a couple of thousand a year. And, and that is a lot. And, and I guess you'd assume they have ample resources, but it is a lot of homes. It is a lot of management. So for me, I'd stick with the sort of the, the second tier there. 
Um, and I guess a, a guy who, oh, I say a guy, but, you know, a, a company that sticks to what they know, you mm-hmm. know, and they mm-hmm. are a bit picky of, of what they do and don't take. They're not everything to everybody, which a lot of builders are, are trying to these days, but some are sort of learnt, no, we don't touch slope and, you know, no, we don't do medium density and, and stuff, townhouses, stuff like that. So, I mean, do, do you want to add anything onto that? Because I'm no, going to ask you the next yeah, question. Yeah, look, I do agree. I mean, I, I think whether it's the top 10 that you avoid or, or, or not, mm. I'm not sure. But I certainly think a builder that sticks to a particular type of housing, generally l- less likely. Uh, I've always found that, that the builders that, that do go broke more more often than, than not are builders that cater for first home buyers, second home buyers and upgraders, um, mm. the luxury end investors. They, they cater for all different types of um, customers and, and clients. Whereas I think if, if you deal with builders that just deal with, say, first home buyers or just deal with investors or just deal with premium homes or the upgrader homes or the, mm. or, you know, the, the, you know, just handle a certain part of town, I do think you, you have a lower risk. It's a risk that's unavoidable. You cannot remove it. It but is. But in terms of minimising it, I, I agree that that last point you made, builder that does specialise would be the best way. And, and look, there's with there's no doubt that Porter Davis had a sensational household name. So again, you, you just don't know sometimes, but this is, I guess, personally what James and I would do. The next question really is, and I'm totally fobbing this one off to you, is what do you do when your builder goes broke? So you you mid build mm. or, or start a build or you, hell you might be the end. What the hell do you do? Look, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I do have experience in this. Not um, personally, mind you, but uh, one of our businesses project manages the construction for clients, and uh, and we actually we we guarantee. Uh, even if the builder goes broke, that the house gets finished. So do. Do. Uh, I think we would have built 3,000 houses and I, I'd say I've had three or four builders go broke, um, maybe 100 houses, 200 houses in that time and it's messy, very, very messy, even for someone who is experienced, even for someone who's got deep pockets. It's a really tricky thing to navigate your way through. Um, there is insurance in place. The first step um, if someone knows someone in this situation or is in this situation themselves, you've got to terminate your contract. That's what um, enlivens your rights to the insurance that's um, covered by your, your, every builder has to take out insurance on a construction job. So you've got to terminate the contract in the first instance. And then every state has different insurance structures in place. So Victoria, where 1,500 of the 1,700 Porter Davis homes are under construction, you make a claim. Um, the, the insurance covers you for 20, up to 20% uh, over and above the cost that remains on the build. So mm. let's say that the house was $500,000. Yep. You'd paid half of that, $250,000. You've still got $250,000 um, to be paid. So it's sitting in your bank account or it's sitting in the bank's uh, account to be paid. You then go and quote up what it costs to finish the job. Uh, the insurance will cover the gap between what it costs and what you've got left in the way of your your cash and, and the amount under your contract up to 20%. So it is still a bit of a risk, you know, more so in these times where we've got high inflation. So basically it means yeah. that, you know, if the home costs more than $300,000 to build to finish in that in that example I just gave, you're going to have you're going to be up for the difference, which hopefully no one's in that situation in places like 
Queensland, for example, has one of the higher thresholds that jumps up to 30%. So they'll cover you up to 30%. But, um, on the, you know, the vast majority of Porter Davis's clients are in Melbourne. So it's very tricky because 20% sounds like a lot, but oftentimes you're no. dealing with a half-built house with tradies and suppliers who haven't been paid who yep. come back and, 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 and either vandalise the property or they mm. go and take out some of the work that they've done. So it's real. Normally, your twenty percent is absorbed in that. Um, you know, where you've had build costs go up by twenty, thirty percent in twelve, eighteen months. Yeah, it's it has the potential to be quite messy, and I really hope it's not. But um, yeah, it's not a fun thing when your builder goes broke. Very hard and complicated thing to to try and wade your way through. Um, I'm sure there's project managers and professionals out there that can either do it for you, or you know, obviously, if you're an investor. And you can afford to pay for someone else to take that risk on your behalf. It's it's probably money well spent. Because mm. in in your experience in dealing with builders that have gone broke, you know, you're talking about the insurance covers the the balance plus twenty percent, but but the insurance is not with the consumer at that time. It's with the builder, right? So so typically, like when yeah. when you're building a house, you don't actually have your your insurance yet because well, the builder's got his fence up. So how I don't understand how do you recoup those costs or how do you action that? What, every, what do you actually every, who every you call state, it? Every state is different. So um, in Queensland, it's the QBCC. It's it's an independent body, Queensland Building yep. and Construction so you Commission. Call them. Um, you call them in Melbourne. Right. It's the VMAI. Uh, so you call them um, and you, you 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 know that would be your first port of call. Okay. You've then got to make a claim. Uh, a claim requires you to get a few quotes and you've got to submit it. It gets assessed. Mm. It takes a few months, um, which, which again, you know, times the other kind of factor here. If if you've half drawn a loan, you've got to pay the interest and, and all that. But you've got to make your claim. You've got to terminate the contract. That's all that's within your control and then get those quotes as soon as possible and, and just move on and, and, and sort of, you know, look forward, I guess. Mm. Mm. That's right. And and I, I suppose the, the last question that we're being asked a lot is, you know, what what is the ripple on effect of this? Um, and I mean, like it's it's a bit of a hard question to answer. I've spoken to a couple of builders this week, um, and some of them have just sort of said, well, like the the one, and I try to say this as softly as possible, but the one relief will be that um, a lot of the trades working for Porter Davis sort of exclusively or. or um, mostly on Porter Davis homes, they will then be available to other builders now. So from a trade perspective, it, you know, it does provide some very minimal relief. Um, but I mean, that the ripple on effect is, is, is no one, no one really knows, you know, it, it may be, it may be insignificant. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think you hope that a lot of the subcontractors have been paid up to date so that there's not um, the ripple on effect of subcontractors going broke and trades yep. and suppliers, but I don't think that'll be the case. Porter Davis has got a very, very reputable brand, so there's got to be some value in there for someone to potentially take on the contracts and 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 take over the business. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's what happens. The ripple effect that I see more broadly from an investment perspective and and probably somewhat selfishly is we've already got the National Housing and Finance Investment. Corporation, a government housing body, came out this week and said there's an undersupply of housing up to 100,000 by 2027. You've got interest rates pretty high, which is making it harder and harder for people to um, invest and, and 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 build new housing. 
You've now got builders going broke, which potentially also causes some supply chain issues in terms of actually having builders to deliver the new housing. I just can't see an end to the undersupply. I can't see an end to rents going up at the rate that they are. Yep. And and that was something that Philip Lowe touched on this week when he, when he mm-hmm. held the rates, you know, he sort of said, look, got a real housing supply issue. So the ripple on effect more broadly, I think, is when when would we ever catch up with the demand and the undersupply of housing? That That's the bigger ripple on effect that I see. Oh, and I mean, you, we could unpack that further and, and talk about how the the quarter last year, the first quarter of um, the end of, fi- sorry, the start of the financial year, we had record migration, like record for that quarter where, um, you know, we just started, we're in the middle of interest rate rise on interest rate rise and we've got record amounts of people moving to Australia. So you're exactly right. And I think as it stands today, start of April, there's 18,000 rental properties available in Australia. Um, That ain't a lot. That ain't a lot. So prepare to be, prepare to get creative. Sorry, I guys, suppose. we went a bit long on this one. Not that we have, <laughs> we don't even have a time limit. I don't even know how long our podcasts go for, to be honest. It's just quick. Roughly Whatever 10, it is, it's got to anyway, be quick because it's quick shots. And not so quick shots today. But thank you for listening. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.